Life Audio. You are listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, episode 15, Exchanging Father Wounds for the Love of God, the Father with Lisa Whittle. I am your host, Kia Stevens, and this podcast is for women who have experienced pain in their father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but an emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. So I am super excited today to have a new friend with me, Lisa Whittle. And this is actually the first time I've ever interviewed somebody else. You guys are probably used to just hearing me, but I'm excited to have her. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Kia. So good to be here. Good to have you. Welcome. And for those of you who are not familiar with Lisa Whittle, I want to give you just a little bit of information about her. Lisa is the best-selling author of eight books and several Bible studies. This includes Jesus Over Everything and The Hard Good, her most recent book. She is a sought-out Bible teacher for her wit and bold bottom-line approach. She is the founder of Online Communities, Ministry Strong for Ministry Leaders, we definitely need that, and called Creatives for Writers and Speakers and host of the popular Jesus Over Everything podcast. She's a wife, a mom, a lover of laughter, I love that, good food, interior design, and the Bible, and a self-professed feisty work in progress. Amen, amen. just finished the book and oh my gosh it really um probably hit me right in the middle of some hard goodness in my own (laughs) life so I was like well this is timely uh can you tell us a little bit about your motivation for writing the book the hard good well I think you know the motivation happened on multiple levels I would say you know personally uh it it was sort of like Uh, talking about my own life and my own journey with hard things in life and my, what you would call MO to kind of run away from those things at some points in my life and, and how God, I, I knew at certain points God wanted to work in me, but the fear of what that might be like, not wanting to face something hard, wanting to control my own situation, um, you know, fill in the blank, caused me to run away from the process of, you know, the spiritual process of what he could do through that. Um, Listening to other people in their pain and knowing, you know, that for them, it was very much the same of, you know, I'd rather push hard things away than I would uh, you know, learn from them, knowing that in the last two years, I think especially a lot of us have come to the place where we're willing to say, I realize that I can't actually control what hard things come my way. So there's just a newfound um, understanding of that. I think also, you know, learning about King Saul in scripture, studying First Samuel 9. Um, and then finally, it was when my father died in 2017 and the Lord really 
impressing upon me, Lisa, what are you going to do with all you know from watching this man who um, was really the great love of my life in many ways? My father and I were extraordinarily close and shared many of the same, I think, characteristics besides just DNA, you know, just were very similar in many ways. He was a very sort of polarizing person um, and a pastor. So there's a faith component that was complicating and he died. And I knew that the Lord wanted me to sort of document what it was like to sit on the front row and watch someone struggle through hard things and also want to run away from them. And that, what that was like as a, as a young woman and a child, even to watch that and learn and be informed by that. And so it was on different layers that I, and levels that I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate you tackling this topic because I think human nature is to gravitate to the good, good, yeah. good, 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 all the time, good, but life is not always good. And, and specifically for me, you know, I'm always talking about father wounds and getting over that and healing and forgiveness and all the things that come with that. And, and that is hard, but there is good nestled on the inside of, you know, pursuing God in the process as you wrestle with your hard goodness, as, as I've been saying, um, you talk quite a bit about your father. Um, and then you also talk about your bonus dad. And I would love for you to kind of tell us a little bit about them and how you uh, experience the hard good in those relationships. And then also, this is a caveat, you guys need to get the book because she does go in detail about um, her relationship with her father there. But if you could just give us some snippets. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love talking about both of them. This book is actually dedicated to both of them. The one who's the irreplaceable really original, which is my daddy. And the one that I made room for, which is my bonus dad. You know, I, I call him my bonus dad because when you're parented by someone who you love so deeply for 40, I think it was 46 years when my dad died, that you don't just sort of give up that title. Like you don't just give someone else that title quickly. Um, and so I had to make room for someone else. He'll never parent me like my dad, but, um, or at all really. Um, but he is a father in a different way. Um, you know, the relationship's unique, actually my dad and my bonus dad were friends. Um, and that was a unique situation as well. Um, my dad died and then my bonus dad's wife died a month later. Um, my dad died from a rare brain disorder. My bonus dad's wife died from cancer and, um, he actually lived in a different state and my dad, of course, had a relationship with him, but not super close. You know, they were pastor friends, they were hunting buddies occasionally, but that was kind of a once a year he would see him. And even as they got older, they hadn't probably seen each other in five, six years. We knew of him, but my family, my mom, myself, we knew of him. I think I had met him on one or two occasions as a teenager, but we didn't, we didn't really know him at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Only my dad. And so it was interesting because there are so many things, Kia, that are hard good about this relationship. You know, it's beautiful in many ways, but it's also really difficult. And it, it, it was interesting because when my mom 
and John married, I don't know, a year and a half after dad passed, I, I would have a lot of people who would say to me, oh, it's such the sweet love story. And of course it is. You know, when you have people in their seventies get married, it's precious. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's a little, it hits a little different, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, yes, I love the fact that my mom found love again and is enjoying this really new, exciting adventure. It's all very sweet, but my mom also lived five minutes away from me and now she's moved um, a thousand miles away from me. And, you know, I lost my father and within a year it felt in many ways like I lost my mother. I know that she's here present, but it's not the same by any means. And so there's a lot, there's a lot there to process. And so um, it's just been a really interesting journey. It is hard and it is good in all of the ways. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I want to delve into um, something you said in chapter one, and you talk about accepting the things that you cannot change and and really delve deeply into the serenity prayer. Um, Oftentimes, women with father wounds have several things that they cannot accept um, or change or struggle to accept and and cannot change. What are some practical ways... um, that, that women can, can do this, accepting the things that cannot be changed. Yeah, this is, this has been a, um, a really a difficult one for me in many ways. That's why I tackled it in chapter one, because for me, acceptance has been a, a tough piece, um, in a lot of, for a lot of different things in my life, certainly with my dad. Um, I think when he was, when he was alive, there were things that I had to accept, that I didn't want to accept. Um, and I talk really honestly in, in, in chapter one about even except not knowing certain things about my dad that were, you know, rumors about him a rumor that he had an affair things like that. Like I had to accept that I would never really know the details of all of that. Um, and so even that was tough. And then of course, acceptance in his death as well, that he was gone. Uh, acceptance is hard for all of us. I would say, there are some practical things like acceptance is different from preference. And I think for me, that was really important to note because all my life, I think I, I, I lived with sort of this pressure that I put on myself that in order to accept something, I, I was in some way conceding that I preferred it, that I was saying that it was okay 
that I was saying that, um, I don't know, that I was in some way endorsing it or getting on board with the idea that it even ever happened. And there's a part of me that is probably too rigid in my brain, but like, I just didn't want to, I just couldn't go with that part of it. You know, things that I just, that I didn't agree with still fundamentally. And when I think that's too much pressure that we put on ourselves, that's too much, that was too much pressure for me. And I realized that's not what acceptance is. It's not saying I prefer that this happened. I'm getting completely on board with the idea of what happened that I still actually don't really like. Mm-hmm. I'm, as, I'm saying I'm accepting this because I know that in order to be completely free and that my spirit be free and that I be okay, I know that there's a place that I have to accept and come to peace. And, you know, that's why I talk about this serenity prayer because I, and, and break that down because I realized that there was parts of it that, that I, I didn't fully know, like, you know, living untroubled is a scriptural principle. And that is, um, that is something that I can do even while I don't live unaware. Right. So those seemingly small distinctives are really important that and i think also focusing on what is instead of what if and that that cycle of like what if what if god had done this or that right. or hadn't what if i had made this move or hadn't what if they you know with another person we are living in this stifling what if situation and we've got to move to what is and it is literally one letter it's from an f to an s and it, but it's really powerful, Kia. And those are like things that have been game changers for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about that there's a freedom involved to in acceptance. Because for me, um, and, and I've talked a lot about, you know, when I began to pursue my father to establish a relationship with him, I had this fictitious relationship in my head that, you know, I'm going to pursue my father and eventually I'm going to arrive at this fictitious relationship, this fantasy that I've created that has no flaws and it's perfect. And it's everything that I wanted, everything I want him to be. And I put that well into my good and grown years, you know, where I should, you know, sit myself down and stop it. But I just kept chasing after what I wanted. And the more that I chased, the more that I had strife, the more that I was stressed out, the more that I was frustrated and angry and upset and all the emotions. But the moment I said, you know what, maybe God is trying to say, accept who your father is. Get to know that person. Mm. And, and then when I did that, when I released it, there was so much freedom. There was so much freedom. It wasn't the fictitious relationship that I had fantasized over. It, It wasn't what I thought it would always be. And what the little girl inside of me was saying, let's make this happen. It wasn't that, but there was something beautiful in the, what is saying change that f to an s there was something beautiful there um in just embracing you know who he is who i am what is what can god do with what is 
Yes. That is so good what you're saying. It's so powerful. That is really, <laughs> that's why chapter one, for me, it was it was the thing that we had to talk about first in this book, because if you can't, if you can't do that, or if you haven't done that, it might be why you're stuck. And, you know, Kia, when you were talking, it reminded me of when I went to the, when I went to a counselor for the first time after my father had a very public ministry fall. Um, and, you know, I had, I had been weathering through as a young woman, this rumor that he had had an affair And there was a lot of things that happened. The ministry fall that he went through had to do with actually the IRS didn't have anything to do with this other affair that was floating around that was also eating me alive. And I went to a counselor's office and I remember very vividly that the counselor said to me, Lisa, after I had spilled out who knows what, he said, you need to learn to accept your father Mm. just for who he is. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying, Kia. It was, it was what, and it, it, it's so weird because for me, I think, you know, because he was also my pastor, which was really complicating. There was this, again, faith component. So he was my father. So there was that role. He was my pastor. So there was that role. And I think for me, I, along with everyone else who knew him was, had him up on this extraordinarily large pedestal. I knew my dad wasn't perfect. I lived with him, you know, and he was very complicated, but I also idolized him in many ways. And so when he came crashing down off that pedestal, my world came crashing down. And so to have someone say, what if you just accepted him for who he was, for who he is? Cause he was still living at the time. What if you just accepted him? And I thought, wow wonder what would happen. But it really changed me because it made me realize like, you know, that's what we really all want from each other. And it's, exactly. it's, it's what, it's what he, he needs and what he deserves. And, and it took a lot of pressure off the relationship, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it, I think as, as we, you know, continue in this interview, but that that's exactly what Jesus provides for all of us is this, you know, I know all your flaws. I know all your issues. Come. There's not one thing you could do that's going to make me detest you, dislike you, hate you. I want to be around you. Not one thing. Um, You know, so when we're able to achieve that in our relationships, it's a reflection of of our our Savior and what he did for humanity. Let's move on to question number four on page 138. You say you don't have to agree with your loss to make peace with it. Uh, And I just, I mean, I, I think grief, grief is necessary. Grief is so necessary. Um, And it's not just grieving the death of a loved one, but it's, you know, grieving all different types of losses that we experience in our our lives some sometimes you're grieving something that you never even had yes um can you talk about the role that grief plays in our Mm -hmm. healing yes and I think that's such a good question I I think Kia I spent so much of my life being afraid of grieving I, I I 
Because I think one thing is I've played a role and I think probably you've got some people listening that can relate to this and perhaps you too. I, I just don't know you well. So I, this might be, this might be you as well. In my life, I've played a role with a lot of people, my family um, in particular of being the strong one. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're the strong one, you get used to that role. It's a role that I thrive in. It's a role that I'm good at. Um, and it's a role that I love. I like being strong for people. It, it makes sense because God made me that way, right? So I do really well there. I do really crummy in other areas, P.S. But that's one role I thrive in. So, But when you're in that role your whole life, and that's what you know, grieving is scary because it's vulnerable yeah. It's also going to take you a little bit out of your seat and you might accidentally need something from someone and man, nothing throws you more haywire than if you're in the strong role, all of a sudden not being in that role anymore. And so I think, I, I think grief um, is so powerful because it is, um, it is something that makes you a better you for one thing. It is, it makes you more empathetic to people. It makes you um, less hard on yourself, which I think is super important. It also is is pretty demanding, to be honest with you. You know, grief is something that demands to be honored. Like you could, you and I could even try not to grieve if we wanted. We could put it aside. It might work for five, 10, 20 years, I've seen people who have deferred their grief, but eventually it'll come out. And usually it comes out in ways throughout your whole life in the way that you are skeptical or bitter or, you know, overly emotional or whatever the case may be. Right. And none of us want to live like that. It's, it's, it shows up like we pay, we pay the tab. So what I've learned is we honor our grief. Our grief deserves it. Those dreams we've had for a long time, Kia, that we loved, that we labored over, that we we wrote down on paper on a napkin, like, I've got this dream, that deserves grieving over if it didn't happen. I, that person that we loved, that we invested in, that we gave our heart to, that we cooked meals for, that we, you know, that we laughed with, that we shared private jokes with, that deserves grieving. Like the things in our life that are dear deserve grieving and we, we, we do it so that we not only honor what it was, but we honor ourselves. And when we do it, it helps us so much because then we really do move to this place of healing. We will grieve the rest of our lives. Somebody said to me, like, how do I let go of grief? You don't let go of grief. Like you just, you don't, you don't. You like, I will live with the grief over losing my dad the rest of my life. I'm just going to add some more griefs to it. Cause then I'm going to lose my mom. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who else I'll lose. Maybe I, I lose my spouse eventually, you know, maybe who knows this world is hard. We, we lose people we love and I will add more griefs, but I eventually, because I believe in Jesus and I believe that my best life is not yet here. Um, I will be okay and I will have processed and I will have walked this world and I will have journeyed with grief 
and we, we will, I will heal along the way. And I found that that's just the best way to continue to live. You've been listening to the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, Exchanging Father Wounds with Lisa Whittle, Part 1. I had such a great chat with Lisa Whittle that I have decided to make a Part 2 so you can hear all of our conversation. Make sure and tune into Episode 16 for the continuation of my conversation with Lisa Whittle. Whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't even know who he is, sis, there is hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free. Completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This was episode 15 of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast. I am your host, Kia Stevens. Join me for episode 16, Exchanging Father Wounds. For God's Love with Lisa Whittle, Part 2. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so that more listeners can find us. You can learn more about Kia Stevens and her ministry, The Father Swap, by visiting kiastevens.com and fatherswap.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Gibbons, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.